my anxiety went way up with my concussions. My anxiety went way up. My OCD went way up. I started binge eating because I didn't know how to sit alone in stillness by myself without looking for a coping mechanism to get that hit of dopamine. Breathwork has really helped me like get through my binge eating. It's helped me go through those bad coping mechanisms, whatever that is for us when we all try and cope with our anxiety. If it's drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, food, whatever it is. Welcome to All Things Menopausal. My name is Mary and I'm a menopause doula. As a doula, we augment the healthcare profession as menopause support practitioners. I created this podcast, All Things Menopausal, to build community for women going through menopause transition and to foster resilience through the stories that connect, educate, and empower. These stories are real, raw, relatable, and they're very much relevant to the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual whole person that we are. In our midlife transition, we are not alone. Each week, you will hear from courageous, vulnerable, and knowledgeable guests sharing their passion, their journey, and lived experience. These are little clues to finding solutions to our unique situation. The menopause symptoms are personal, but the experience is universal. Episode 16 is a conversation about the healing benefits of breathwork with my next guest, Lo Bundy. Lo is a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator based in Nova Scotia, Canada. She's also a nurse of 15 years, a mom of two, and a wife to a firefighter. Her goal as a facilitator is to help people heal traumas and to learn how to regulate their nervous system from anxiety and chaos to calm and balanced. Today we're going to discuss how breathwork can help manage anxiety, trauma, and was an effective management tool for Lowe after suffering two significant concussions. Lowe's journey into breathwork led to becoming a coach and she infuses her love for yoga and weightlifting to coach others in the benefits of regular exercise and breathing techniques. I absolutely love how each one of my guests have allowed themselves to be vulnerable, sharing personal stories about healing. And Lo is so candid and raw when she talks about overcoming binge eating and imparts a few effective techniques for menopause symptom management that she discovered in her own personal trauma healing journey. So settle in and if you are at home, join us in a little breath work to open our conversation. Lo, how about we start off most appropriately with a grounding breathing exercise? As long as you're not driving, it's totally safe to do. Love it. Okay, so I like to start by getting grounded and kind of just really getting settled in your body and bringing some awareness. So what we'll do, we'll close down the eyes and we'll do some four, eight breathing. We'll, we'll inhale for the count of four through our nose and then exhale for the count of eight through our mouth. So in through the nose for four, out through the mouth for eight. But first we'll just close down our, close down our eyes, breathing naturally. I invite you to settle into your space, get nice and relaxed. If you can, put your feet both on the ground and just notice your sit bones. If you're kind of shifted to one side more than the other and just kind of finding a nice balance there. And there's no judgment throughout your breath work. If you're off count, if I'm off count with where you're at, that's okay. There's no way of doing it wrong. And I really want you to root down through your sits bones and just feel like 
there's a tree root growing out from your root into the ground and you just have the earth supporting you. And we'll start with our 4A breathing. So we're gonna inhale for four through our nose and exhale through our mouth for eight. So we'll inhale, two, three, four, exhale, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale, two, three, four, exhale, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale, filling up the lungs. Exhale, nice and slow. Inhale, exhale. Keep breathing in deeply. And as you exhale, just feel yourself cleansing of any emotions that don't serve you. Going down through the body into the earth, giving that energy a place to go. Your inhale, two, three, four, exhale, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Allowing your body to feel safe, allowing your body to shift into that parasympathetic state. And then we can return back to our normal breathing. And that's just a really quick get grounded, get in your body, drop in your body. Thank you. Welcome. You have such a lovely cadence and a soft oh. voice. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. So you work on trauma or yeah. breath work for trauma. Okay. But before we get into that, Let's tell us the story. Give us the real, raw, relatable story of Lo and her journey to breathwork. So my introduction to breathwork, I think everybody has all their traumas, their big T traumas, their little T traumas, and they all just kind of get compiled along the way and we store it in the body. And what we do through life is we try and think our way through life. We try to just think our way out of everything. We're 80% of time in the mind, 20% in the body. Once I was introduced to breath work and I flipped that, I lived 20% in the mind and 80% in the body, things started to change. So we need our mind. It's a thought machine. That's what it does. It's our roadmap. It gives us the framework. We have, what, 70 to 120,000 thoughts per day. 98 to 95% of those are recycled thoughts and the majority of those are negative self-limiting beliefs. So once we're able to like get out of that headspace and really just get grounded, drop into the body, breathe into the body, find that intuition, find that self-awareness, that's when kind of the magic happens. So I was on a healing journey after two concussions in a very short period of time. And I was my... The person I was working with is very intuitive. She told me I needed to do breath work. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And in my head, I'm thinking, I've been breathing for 40 odd years. Like, I think I got it. I, I think I'm good at breathing. <laughs> and, then the, <laughs> and the next week she said, you haven't done your breath work, have you? Again, the intuitive person that she is. And I said, no, I hadn't. She said, you really need to do your breath work. And the first time I did it, I did a lengthy session. I was blown out into the ethers and I was just like so amazed by what we can naturally cultivate in our body. What we have with us at all times, it's free. It's like the only thing in the world we're not taxed on. We have our breath with us at all times. And I wanted to share that with the world. I wanted to show people that you can drop into the parasympathetic side of your nervous system 
so easily and go from that chaos to calm. Yes. Oh, wow. And your concussions, you said two, like almost one after the other. So how yeah. did you incur yeah. your concussions, may I ask? They were both car accidents. Oh, I was rear-ended twice. Once I was driving, once I was not. They were both in construction. They both happened the exact same way. And I wasn't quite back to normal from my first one when the second one occurred. So it just kind of jumbled things up a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of a lot of work to get through that. And with that, my anxiety went way up with my concussion. My anxiety went way up. My OCD went way, way up. I started binge eating because I didn't know how to sit alone in stillness by myself without looking for a coping mechanism to get that hit of dopamine. Wow. Um, breath work has really helped me like get through my binge eating. It's helped me go through those bad coping mechanisms, whatever that is for us. When we all try and cope with our anxiety, if it's drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, food, whatever it is, binge watching Netflix for hours and hours and hours. Right. Yeah. Escapism. Totally. I can relate though. I had a concussion, which seemed minor at the time, but now the evidence, the research is telling us that even those minor ones can set off a lifetime of trauma or healing or all kinds of problems. My hormones shifted quite dramatically to the point where I and it was the signals to the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland that was messing me up. And right. I, I went in the opposite. I had issues. I gained weight, but then I went, as I tried to get control of my body, I lost weight dramatically because all the stress that I was carrying in, my I was, like you said, I was living in that sympathetic nervous drive constantly, cortisol levels through the roof. Yeah, and cortisol. I, my liver was overtaxed because not only it's trying to process all of what we intake with our food, but our emotions too. Mm -hmm. And I just learned recently from a recent podcast guest and a brain workshop that I was on with her, Dr. Fiona Lovely, is that if we have that concussion during the luteal phase where the progesterone is at its highest and the estrogen is at its lowest, we will experience more amplified sy- symptoms than if it was a concussion at any other phase. Isn't that interesting? That is so hormones, interesting. I just came across that gem of information. <laughs> I am just blown away with this. Hormones I'm like, I have to incredible. I have to go back and see like what part of my phase I was in at that time. <laughs> I know I, I can't honestly remember what phase I was in, but given that I am was symptomatic for some quite, quite some time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, but that aside, that's a little side bit of information. I really want to understand best. Well, I have experience with breath work, but I think that anybody coming to a breath work for the first time, like you were, there is actually an art and a science. There's a strategy behind there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And all has to do with the time, like, consistently same time each day consistently in the same place I see behind you you have a beautiful setting for a calming room yeah just talk us a little bit through setting ourselves up for success for our breathwork experience I think when one of the main things is that with your nervous system we have the parasympathetic the peace rest and digest we have the sympathetic our stress out 
or being chased by a bear or stuck in anxiety. And there's two different types of breath work that kind of fall into each of those categories. So there's down-regulating breath work, which helps to like lower your heart rate, drop you into the body, get that calming, longer exhales, more breath holds. And then we have a really up-regulating style of breath work where I specialize in circular connected breath work. It's like a 60 to 90 minute journey where you're you're increasing the pace of your breathing over time. And it really helps with like ascension and healing, getting deep into the body, gaining clarity, healing trauma. So I think it's important that you know which way you're going. I recommend the upregulating, circulating, connected circular connected breath work like once a week that's all you don't need to do it every day it's a lot on the body you really need to hydrate and, and be prepared for it and then the down regulating breath work like where you're doing a box breathing or a triangle breathing something just like to quickly get you out of that heightened state you can do that all throughout your day all day every day <laughs> fantastic i that's something that I hadn't really truly understood before the upregulating breath work and the downregulating breath work. So the upregulating up breath work, what would be an example of that is just like really getting our, our almost like the diaphragm going in and out, in and out really strong. Like in, in yoga, for example, the Hatha yoga, the 26 mm -hmm. and two postures at the end, well, we do our pranayama breathing at the beginning. And at the end we do the we do that, like that fire breathing, that fire or the skull breathing where you're just and thrusting yeah. your diaphragm in and out. So would that be an upregulating? If you can, it, it would be, yes, because you're, you're stimulating the nervous system more into the sympathetic state. Okay. But with the, with the, with the way I do things, it's like a longer duration. So it's not just a few minutes at a time. Those, that breath of fire that you're talking about, I know there's lots, or the Ujjayi breath, there's lots of different names for it, where you're, right. you're mm -hmm. snapping the abdomen in to like move that diaphragm. That's really good for like, if you're about to do a presentation and you're like, I just need to like get grounded and get a little bit amped up. Like that's a really good kind for this. The circular connected breath work that I do that's for trauma healing is more like you're you're laying down, you've got your earbuds in or you're with your facilitator and you're like, you're ready to deep dive. Okay, yes. I'm glad you said that you're with your facilitator. And I think that's key because coming to breath work, I mean, we could pick up a book, we could find an app, but there, there's a little nuance between having that facilitator to really guide you through that, which is your specialty. Yeah. So tell us, tell us why that is so significant to set up a client again for success in their breath work. I, I, especially since I did a few breath work courses and then once I started getting into the circular connected breath work and I was really finding all the, the path of like healing traumas and how the how the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala work together. It's really important that if you're going down that road with that type of breath work for healing and trauma, that you're with someone who is trauma informed. Because if oh. you get into a place where you hit something, you hit something deep inside of you and this trauma like gets activated, you need to have someone who specializes in trauma-informed breath work to know how to guide you through it 
So oh you're not just gosh. stuck in there. Cause we don't want you to get stuck in that state where it's like yeah. a PCSD that arises and then you hit that again. And then your, your facilitator is like, Oh shit, what do I do now? Right. Okay. Yeah. Or if you're alone and or it comes up and yeah. it could be self-destructive almost, or yeah, go back into those paths. Like, Oh damn. Like, why would I do breath work if this is going to come up every time and then go into that addiction pattern to, mm-hmm. to avoid escape. Like we talked about earlier. Very, very interesting. So, and so tell us about how you do work with in particular, the trauma informed breath work and you work with your your participants, your clients, do you do it one-on-one group settings? A little of both. Uh, I mostly have one-on-one private clients. A lot of people like that intimacy where they can have the conversation just between you and them during the during the breathwork session where you can get more specific, like, do you enjoy this music? Or like, do you mind if I like place my hands and you can get like the in-person hands-on energetic healing as well. My little kitties out there cried oh my goodness and then I also yeah yeah as soon as I'm (laughs) in the room like they like the vibe in here as soon as I come in here they're at the door oh Um, my goodness welcome them in it would be fun to have them if if they speak out or make noise I would love that I would invite that onto our podcast so please if you want to I will and then I do do group sessions as well where it's really cool when you're doing group sessions, because when you have all these people breathing together, the type of energy that is cultivated, it's like an ecosystem that just builds off each other. Um, and it's, it's such like, it's just such a beautiful, like I get, I get chills. Like it's such a beautiful space to be in. So some people like the private one-on-ones because they want that intimate integration. And then other people, they like to be part of the group. They want to be doing it together. They want to feed off of each other. Yeah. Right. Oh, so sweet. So for our listeners that they can't see what's happening here, Lo has some beautiful little <laughs> kitty cat that she's just let, let into her special space. No wonder the pets, pets vibrate to where there's calmness too. No wonder yeah. she wanted in. What is yeah. your, what is your cat's name? I have two Devon Rexes. They are my, I have children, but these are my babies. They're <laughs> Gizmo and Joey. Gizmo and Joey. Welcome, Gizmo <laughs> and Joey, to the podcast. <laughs> I love, I love it. I really am interested, though, in learning I what you said about the group setting. You get into the rhythm with each other. And I've heard this said before, too, is you almost start, as you calm down together, you almost sink your energy level, your vibration. Again, science is proving this. Amazing but you can get in sync with one another, but can you achieve the same effect when you're online? Absolutely. You can. Uh, I, absolutely. Wow. You can, you can definitely feed like, like when I'm working with someone on camera, I want to see their chest. I want to see their face. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to like read their body and um, see how they're breathing. So I can really dive into where they're at. I have had, huge breakthroughs myself I've had clients that have had huge breakthroughs by just doing it online so we can connect with someone in a different country and if you know like if they're your person so we're not going to be everybody's person but if somebody does their discovery call with me and they're like you know what you're it 
and they're over in Europe, like we can make it work. You can still, you can still reach off that energy, but you want somebody who is able to do so. Fantastic. That's so you provide, I like what you said, you provide a discovery call and that's just to let somebody know who you are, give them the opportunity to get to know who you are because they're, um, they're going to invest so much of their emotional and, and intimate space with you. So that's a great idea. A discovery call. Yeah. Because you don't want to invest in something and then you, you meet with the person. It's like, if you went to talk therapy, you go to your first session and you're like, this, this is not my person. Like, I don't feel comfortable. I just don't feel like we're a good vibe. So it's good to get that out of the way and kind of make sure that you guys are on the same page that you can like kind of co-nourish each other with the energy that's being shared. Okay. Really important. Okay. I want to get into a little bit of the, the science, the geeky stuff. This is the stuff that gets me all fired up and excited. Totally. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Explain to us about when, when we're breathing with that, the pranayama Sanskrit word, obviously prana meaning the uh, life force, the breath and yama meaning the control. Of course you can tell I know a bit about yeah, that, but yeah, you're, exactly. the, you're the pro, but tell us what happens when we fully allow that pranayama to flow through the body in terms of regulating the nervous system, but also like the feminine and the masculine energy sides of the body too. That's very yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I think I'm like, there's so many different directions that my brain's going right now. So we'll start with like our seven chakras. A lot of times we'll have like a blocked chakra. And when mm -hmm. you're doing breath work, you can come and you're doing somatic breath work. So some somatic, it comes from the word soma, which is a Greek word for body. So it's all body-based practices. So when you're using the body as your guide, you can start to kind of feel where in the body you might be having those stuck spaces. I think with the the masculine and the feminine side is you can have a healed masculine, a healed feminine, a wounded masculine, a wounded feminine. And just kind of once you're, I would say we we're doing the discoveries call or we're doing integration, we can see what parts of people need more healing. So with myself, I, my last business, I kind of ran very masculine, like go, 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 hustle, fake it till you make it. And then with my breathwork business, once I kind of got more into like my heels feminine, I was, I was able to run my business off my feminine, but also allowing my heel masculine to like hold me in that space. Does that make kind of, it, it absolutely totally makes sense for me in particular, because yeah. we, the form of yoga that I like to teach really t talks about that tapping into the masculine and feminine. And I'm going to give a shout out to the booty movement medicine yoga. That's my favorite B-U-T-I, which is not your booty, <laughs> booty, booty, although you do yeah. work it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's the Mawati Indian word to mean that cure that that secret that's held within and that being that we have the ability to heal the chakra systems by aligning and balancing, allowing them to open with the flow of the, the nadis. Oh, what is it? 72,000 of them that line up on the spine and get the full of the breath. So I, I totally get that because we talk about that all oh, we need the feminine flow 
to bring balance to the masculine, but we need that masculine energy holds also to allow the feminine side to flow more lovely, which, which also speaks to you work on one, it helps the other, you know, it's yeah. that crisscrossing, which is the same idea as the balanced nostril breathing. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's all that duality, that kind of duality holding both sides at the same time and how to find the balance. Okay. I have to tell you something, Lo. This is quite amazing. Okay. I'm, get, I'm getting chills. I don't own it. <laughs> this is amazing. This is divine intervention. Tell me. I listen, I my listeners it. are going, please tell me. I, oh, yes. I don't own a cat. My mm -hmm. office space is on the bottom floor, ground level. I have high windows in my basement, but we're not so deep. So I have very tall windows. Yeah. We're sitting here talking. You have two lovely cats. A cat just jumped up to the window and peered in and looked at me. <laughs> I was like, what is she looking at? I'm like, who is this cat? Where does this cat come from? He's, he, she is, is gone now, but I could not believe this is amazing. Oh my gosh. Now, I don't know if I should keep this in the podcast episode or not, but this is cool. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that funny. was all about. Those are those divine interventions, like whatever it is, if it's, if it's God, source, the universe, mother nature, father earth, like whatever it is that you, you go to, like they, this is all the little synchronicities that they place in our, our in our site that we can be like, yeah, this is meant to be. Wow. I am forever cool. going to remember this. Oh, I can feel about you. I know this straight cat who <laughs> came out of nowhere. I'm going to make that connection of the morning that I did this beautiful podcast episode with you, Lowen. Maybe the world's telling me, yeah, you're doing breath work, girl, but not enough. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> and so many of us live that that life where I am, like you said, I've been breathing for my whole entire life. What are you talking about? But yeah. This, yeah. we're not doing it properly. So I partic in particular really love to feel how my rib cage is expanding and contracting. I really love to feel how when I'm doing the alternate nostril breathing, if if I feel a clog on one side and I sit there and try to make some kind of association with what's what's happening in my life, or is it just maybe my sinuses or a bit of both physical and emotional, uh, something happening, but that whole feeling and sensation. So have you found though with some of your new clients when they first come to you there's a, a resistance to hold on to not absolutely. allow themselves to explore to be introspective like we learn in yoga absolutely you're okay. absolutely right I think creating a safe environment letting them know that their breath is their medicine they are the healer of themselves I'm just a guide I'm a facilitator my job is to hold a safe a safe space for you um, and I think you really have to build that foundation first. And then a lot of people, it's, it's, it's scary to go inwards. It's scary to feel things that you don't want to feel, or if you're not used to stimulating your nervous system in such a way, or something comes up, you just have to know that you trust who you're with, that you're in a safe space with them and that you've built that relationship that you can go deep. And sometimes it takes a couple of sessions. Like sometimes people don't want to breathe this deep. They're just not ready to go there. They're not ready for the, the physical sensations that can arise. So yeah, yeah. And I think it's just all about building trust with your facilitator as well as yourself. Yes. Because yeah. you have to trust yourself. You have to trust that you're safe with your own breath, that you're safe in your body. Like I said, we live up here 80% of the time in our mind, 
Now we want to flip that. We want to trust our body. We want to trust our body and live in that 80% of the time. Yeah. And it does that go back to the idea of like, trust your instinct. Like we're always denying that little inklings. It's like, oh, yeah. no, that's just a random thought that, and we don't tap into that. Is that sort of that? Absolutely. I had a very hard time trusting my intuition for a long time because I had so much evidence built up over the years of all the bad decisions that I've made. So once we, our brain, we're thinking with our brain again, has all this evidence gathered up in a nice big juicy pile for us. It's like, you're not really that good at making decisions. Look at all these horrible ones you've made in the past. So we got to get out of the mind. We got to drop into the body. And like you said, drop in, trust that intuition. And that can take practice as well. Wow. What was the most incredible aha moment you had when you first delved into the world of breath work and you were starting your healing journey? I think when I was working with my healer, we went back to, we found a spot like she does somatics and, and, and working on the quantum field. And we came back to a spot where I had, I had had a stillborn in the past and we had, we had gotten there somehow and she was able to guide me through it and heal, heal that fragment of time in my body. So like that forever changed me because that was such a, like a horrific experience and Absolutely. I had no good tied to it that when I went back there with her, we somatically went in and went through the scenario and I came out on the other end with peace. Like there was tears, like there was ugly, te- ugly crying tears and yeah. stuff. Like it's not always the most <laughs> aesthetic thing, but I came out on the other side. Yeah. I came yeah. out on the other side with just this love and this peace. And I was like, this is insane. Like, this is amazing. You know, they say our pain is our, our pain or our pain points is the foundation to which we can build a program, build a course, build a solution to help somebody else transform. Our mess is our message. I say that all the time. I love that. Have you have since worked with other women who've had miscarriages? I am actually a nurse by trade. I do work on a high risk antipartum floor. So I've even had clients that have gone through the scenarios that I've been able to share my situation with, not like in any way, like business kind of talk, but just kind of able to talking them through it. Um, And then with clients that have gone through just other traumas, other losses, other deep griefs, being able to walk them through that and, and to come out on the other side and be able to journal it out afterwards and get all their thoughts and feelings out on paper. There's something magical about putting pen to paper. Yes. Very cathartic. I've heard that too, that you need to feel the texture of the pen touching the paper. It's not the same on the keyboard. And I've also heard it said that the, and we'll go there. (laughs) The spirit guides can't, can't connect, but they can through your hand as you write and even using colors your pens your crayons your markers whatever because there's energy as we know in colors each colors are aligned with the chakras and yeah uh so that that's so what a beautiful gift to have that nursing uh profession coupled with your breath work and put it all together yeah there's there's uh there's been some instances where 
especially on my floor where we work with like the neonatal and maternity obstetrics where the girls are like, you were meant to be here that day. Like just whatever the scenario was like, you were meant to be here that day with your energy to calm that person down, to control the situation. And again, that's just, again, God's source, whomever you believe, just mm -hmm. all those little divine interventions. Mm. Wow. I knew my instincts were right when I wanted to, when we were sharing on our, for our listeners to understand, we share in a course online, online learning for building a course, yeah, digital course academy. And we were having our Q&A session with Amy Porterfield. Yeah. You were speaking and I just felt I needed a calling that I think this is an incredible story that I want to share on my podcast because I've said it before and we've explored it in many episodes that the menopausal transition can be a, a trauma. It's a form of trauma in itself. It's a, it's a high stress on the body, let alone a trauma experience because things that were not ever dealt with in the past will come up the mm -hmm. hormone fluctuation. And I've heard it beautifully said before is that the hormones that we have in pre menopause almost are like a veil, a, a protective shield, if you will. Okay. But what it that shield does is it holds us back. We we resist the temptation to speak our truth or to be more forthright. And that has probably a lot to do with societal conditioning, maybe our upbringing, our childhood beliefs. We right. told all kinds of stories about don't speak out. But then when the hormones shift, that veil kind of shifts and goes away as well. And we're like, hot damn, I'm saying what the hell is on my mind and yeah. I don't care. And I've got this, two cents and you're going to hear it. <laughs> I have some things to say, yes. And it, it's like that all that energy starts to percolate things that we haven't dealt with. And so menopause in itself is very much a trauma transformation or a, mm -hmm. a, an opportunity, an invitation to deal with that trauma and breath work as another tool in the toolbox for man menopause management, particularly on the emotional side, is incredible. And I think what you had, right. oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why we wanted to connect. I was already picking up in your on your vibe, your energy. See that cat that came to my window is sending me these vibes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's another side of uh, the menopause journey and that's the physical body taking care uh -huh. of the physical body. This is something that you are very dedicated to and that's weightlifting. Yeah. Yes. I love yoga and I love weights. I'm like, and like, that's another duality, like Absolutely. yoga and the, and the weightlifting, but yeah. I think taking care of your physical, that healthy heart leads to a healthy brain, a healthy heart, healthy brain leads to healthy hormones. And the, the resistance training, and I've just finished a, a course and I'm going to jump onto another one. I'm a, a lifelong learner. And that was the menopause 2.0 with Dr. Stacy Sims. Can't, she can't stress enough that nutrition, absolutely upping the proteins, but upping that heavy weight, that heavy resistance weight training is mm -hmm. so essential because our bone mass decreases, our muscle mass decreases, and we've got to keep on top of it, but there's so many benefits to the resist weight resistance training and you tapped in on it as well, but to our gut microbiome. 
Yes. And there's, yeah. of course, the connection, the brain and the gut connection as well. We will explore that in a later episode, I'm sure. But I, I see that that could be an amazing compliment to what you have to offer is that, that weight training and women, as you get older, please explore resistance weight training. It's fun. But, yeah. And it's empowering and you feel so good with those deadlifts and those oh, bench yeah. presses. And it's like you're achieving something and it's like days you don't feel like it and you still show up and you accomplish something, whether it's like you lifted the least amount of weight you've ever lifted, you still showed up, you still put work into your body, you know that you're devoted to yourself and your health. And that just releases all those happy hormones, it helps to decrease that cortisol del- deliverance. True. And of course, when you're doing that resistance training, you have to breathe and that breathing is tends to be a little bit more forceful yes. as well. So you're getting all the benefits. Wow. Yeah. Low, yeah. tell listeners where they can find you, whether they live in, I don't know, Australia, Germany, or right here in Canada, you're on the East coast in Halifax. I'm way over on the other end in Vancouver Island, but wherever we are, we can still benefit from the beauty that low has to offer. So oh, tell. that's so kind. I appreciate yeah. that. Tell where where can we find you? I am on socials on Instagram and Facebook as low underscore bundy, L-O underscore B-U-N-D-Y. My website is coming together just like right now. It's like the finishing touches. It's lowbundy.com. Or you can email me, join my newsletter, lowbundy at lowbundy.com. I have a newsletter I do weekly, sometimes a little bit more weekly, but not enough to be considered spammy. So don't worry. There's no spamming. We're in the same digital course program. So my digital course is coming out at the beginning of next year. And that's all about downregulating breath work to go from chaos to calm and like how breath work can change your life. So yeah. I'll go into like some of the woo stuff, some of the neuroscience, and then a lot of different practices that you can put into your day. Beautiful. I feel like we've just had our discovery call right now. And I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I want to, I want more of low. I want to be on our course. <laughs> <laughs> we, but, we can set up anytime. And can anyone join if they catch wind of this? Oh, haha, that was a pun catch wind. If they listen <laughs> to my podcast and they're, you know, months into 2024 and they say, but I want to, I want to take that course. Can they join at any time? Or is it absolutely okay? Good. It's absolutely. not a big start and stop. Beautiful. Yeah. So, and I also I do mainly one-on-one client, one-on-one group sessions, but I'm starting a membership base in January as well. So it'll be weekly circular connected breathwork calls. So that upregulating, journey, healing, ascension kind of calls. And then there'll also be a plethora of down regulating so that if you just like if you're at work it's a crazy day you need to just go in the bathroom and like listen for two minutes and breathe it out there's like two five ten fifteen twenty minute sessions that you can do for down regulating as well awesome oh that's amazing you've got it all i always like to ask this question what's your favorite book or what are you reading lately that's making an impact on your life there's a book that i am reading for the second time and how breathwork helped me with my binge eating that I had gained 30 pounds after my concussion, not being able to be still with myself, eating, eating, eating. There's a book by Samantha Skelly. She is a, a phenomenal breathwork facilitator and it's called Hungry for Happiness. And it's all about her journey through binge eating with breathwork. So 
That's a really good, I'm on my second time reading it because I was like, you know what? There's a few nuggets I want to go back to. Yeah, fantastic. I will share that book in the show notes. There's probably a lot of listeners can say, I can relate to that. It doesn't have to be binge eating, but we've got, we turn to some kind of addiction, right? That's yeah, absolutely. The breathing, the powerful, the powerful magic of breath work and how it can heal on so many levels. Yeah. Low, and one more thing I want yes. to share before we go. There is one technique of breath work called Satali Pranayama, and it's called cooling breath. So it's good for those during hot flashes. Fantastic. So oh, please share. I was like, let me just throw this nugget out there. No you way. are going to curl your tongue just at the between your lips. If you can't curl your tongue, some people can't, just put your tongue on the top of your bottom lip without protruding it. And you're going to inhale for a count of two. Feel that cooling sensation. You're going to like close your eyes, get into the body, feel it shifting through your nervous system and then out through the nose. So you're inhaling through two, through that little tube you're creating, you're holding for two, and then you're exhaling through your nares for two. And it's a nice cooling breath. I um, felt the cooling such, so yeah. good. And, th and there's one more that is called Sakari, Sakari Pranayama, it is the hissing technique. So with your teeth together, we're not clenching, we're not grimacing, lips are relaxed, cheeks are relaxed, jaws relaxed, our teeth are together, our tongue is on the back of our teeth, and we're inhaling through our closed teeth. And you're going to get that cooling sensation that way as well. So this is called like a hissing breath. So you're going to, you can hold for as long as you want. The longer you hold, the more the parasympathetic nervous system is going to get activated and you're going to release through your nares. So two different types of techniques for breath work that you can use to help cool the body temperature down. But you really also want to drop into the body and like allow that breath to spread through your nervous system to help cool your body down. It's amazing. Okay, next time somebody tells them they're having a hot flash and you say, okay, girl, just breathe. Just yeah. But not just anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a that is such a great technique. It's gonna be so advantageous to so many. Thank you. No well, problem. It's been amazing. Me. Yes, I've really enjoyed our time together. And um, I can't wait to to see where your course takes you, your journey takes you. Um Delighted that you're a fellow Canadian too. We're rocking yeah. it with all yeah. of our special <laughs> offerings uh, north of the border here. That's right. And, and um, I think uh, more than 50% of my listeners are based in the United States. So this will be awesome. interesting. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I appreciate Mary so much for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to share whatever nuggets come out of this and that people can pinpoint and and use for themselves anything that might resonate with them so i hope your listeners enjoy it i i'm sure they will so many gems to benefit from i always get so much out of these conversations so here is a summary of my biggest takeaways number one breath work encompassing both the upregulating, which is increasing the heart rate and enhancing alertness and down regulating, which is the calming and reducing the heart rate, offers significant benefits for managing anxiety and trauma responses. Number two, trusting oneself and the body is essential during breath work. 
transitioning from a predominantly mental state and then allowing you to connect deeper with your body. Number three, seeking guidance from a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator is crucial for safely navigating and healing deep traumas during those sessions. Regular commitment to breathwork sessions provides on-demand benefits, aiding in stress reduction during daily challenges or in structured group or one-on-one sessions. And number four, integrating breathwork into daily routines triggers the release of happy hormones, contributing to the reduced stress levels. You can enhance that experience with journaling. Using pen and paper during breathwork enhances catharsis, fostering clarity, self-awareness, and inner peace. And number five, approaching menopause as a transitional trauma requires understanding and acceptance. Combining holistic methods like breathwork aids in emotional management during menopause. And two effective breathing techniques that Lowe shared is the Satali Pranayama and Sakari Pranayama, both which can help alleviate hot flashes. And lastly, number six, the unexpected appearance of a cat. It could be a form of divine intervention. But I think it serves as a reminder to be open to surprises that the universe has to offer. Explore the meaning of it. Have some fun. But if you're having cat dreams, maybe you can interpret it as tapping into your feminine sexuality, independence, creativity, and your power. To learn more about Lo and her breathwork facilitation and coaching programs, visit her at lobundy.com. That's L-O-B-U-N-D-Y.com. She's also on Facebook at Lo Bundy and on Instagram as Lo underscore Bundy. And Lo's recommended book, Hungry for Happiness by Samantha Skelly, explores the author's journey from a place of self-destructive eating habits and body image issues to a holistic approach to wellness, offering insights and tools for readers to cultivate a positive relationship with food and their bodies. support through your menopause transition and menopause doula can help you can find me at mlcoaching.com and help me help you by filling out a simple survey which is linked in the show notes your input is greatly valued and will help in the design and creation of tools courses and other resources for my upcoming one-on-one and group coaching programs take the survey it's linked in the show notes like follow share subscribe and if you are enjoying this podcast i would love to hear from you consider leaving a review spreading the word will help broaden my audience reach and further impact more women as they experience the transition 